Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Algramson. Thank you for joining us again today. This is our full-length podcast, full-length broadcast. And uh, before we get into it, I just want to say uh, we're fired up and excited about the revival that's coming in September. You can find all the information on our website, truepatriotministries.org, and go to the homepage, and you'll see it. It's the only thing I'm putting on the homepage right now because that is our focus outside of doing our regular uh, podcasts and broadcasts. And so I'm trying to change it up just a little bit. As you can tell, I'm in a different uh, place this time recording. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, recording in the same place all the time does get a little boring. And so I wanted to change it up a little bit today. I've got the house to myself this morning. And so I thought, well, I'll just come in here in front of the fireplace and record. And uh, honestly, you know, I've got some equipment that I need to pick up. And what I want to do here in the near future, since we're in the summertime and it's been beautiful, we finally finished with all our rain and so now we got plenty of sunshine. Uh, what I want to do is start doing some, some recordings outdoors. And you can see the beauty of Kansas this time of year when everything is still green before the fall sets in. Now, fall time will be cool, too, because when the leaves start changing, man, it just becomes brilliant with color, uh, like a lot of the Midwest does. And so changing it up for me kind of freshens things up, and I enjoy that. So today we're going to continue on with our walk with Jesus. And uh, like I said in the beginning, this is going to be um, quite a while in the in the doing because there's so much. I mean, Jesus walked in the four Gospels, but then his legacy continued in the rest of the New Testament. So Acts through Revelation, right? And so there's a lot there to cover. And so I want to I want to continue doing this right now. We're in Jesus and we're in part four. So uh, let's our Bible text, okay, is John chapter one, one through five. And it reads, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through Him, and without Him nothing was created that was created. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Glory to God, isn't that good? Darkness cannot overcome the light. That light is in you through Jesus. Uh, John chapter 5 verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And John 8 26, it goes right along with it. So we, we see uh, Jesus does whatever he sees. Now, John 8, 26, it says, I have many things to say to you and to judge concerning you, but he who has sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. So we know that Jesus, he could do nothing of himself, right? So the power comes through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Now, he did what he saw the Father do, well, how do you see it? Through the Holy Spirit. And he said what he heard the Father say. Well, how do you hear? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit, and uh, that's how that goes. All right. 
So, like I said, I'm excited about this. Uh, I really enjoy walking through with Jesus and, and the things that he did. And like I've said before, every time I go through the New Testament, it, it doesn't matter how many times I go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, whatever. Uh, every time I go through it, it's new to me. Because I'm building upon a foundation of the rock, which is Jesus Christ. I'm building upon that foundation brick by brick. Well, every time I go through Matthew, that's a brick. Every time I go through Mark, that's a brick. And when I go back through, I'm adding a new brick. Because there's going to be things that I see in there that because my foundation and, and now my walls are being built up, that I'm going to, well, God can reveal to me because he's got me in a better place, right? Scripturally. He's added some bricks to me. Now he can add to that. You can't, uh, you, you just can't put the roof on a building without building up the walls and the structure first. It, it won't work. And that's what we're talking about here. And so I do, I get excited about this. I enjoy going through the New Testament. Um, and, and I enjoy sharing it with you. Glory to God. So in the last episode, we left off with Joseph and Mary. Um, presenting their baby, Jesus, at the temple. And Simeon was there, and he blessed and prophesied over Jesus. And then Anna, the prophetess, she gave thanks uh, to the Lord, and she spoke to all of those who were present who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Okay, Because this was a culture that was looking for the Messiah to come. They were looking to, to be redeemed. They were looking to be set free from the Romans, right? For the, the king of kings and the to come in, in this kingdom that would come with him. And of course, a, a lot of them thought it was going to be a physical kingdom uh, in the here and now, and that when the Messiah came, he would uh, defeat Rome, and they would once again be ruled by a, a Jewish king. And, and it just wasn't it just wasn't the way that God set this up. So, you know, there are a, a faction of people in this that were extremely disappointed and frustrated because it didn't happen the way they thought it was going to happen. That's a lesson to us, too. And we haven't even got into our message yet. Uh, God doesn't always work the way we think he's going to work. Now, if uh, if you prayed a certain prayer and God answered that prayer, it doesn't mean that that particular prayer will be answered exactly the same way the next time because God has many channels. We have to remember he is our source, right? And we have that right through Jesus. He's our source, but he has many channels to get things to us from. He's not locked into one channel or two channels. Your job is not the single channel that he can get money to you in, okay? Uh, your business, whatever it is. He has multiple channels. He can get things to you. Now, he has preferred ways that he wants to get things to you, and that's through faith. And so uh, going through the Word of God builds your faith. And this should be, while it's increasing your knowledge and understanding, it should be building your faith because you're hearing the Word of God preached and taught. And so let's look at this uh, just a little bit further. So we have, and today we're going to look at the following events. We're going to look at the visit of the wise men. We're going to look at uh, the flight of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus into Egypt and the massacre of the innocents. Terrible thing that happened. And then from Egypt to Nazareth with Jesus. 
and the childhood of Jesus. And then we'll see Jesus at 12 years old uh, when he visits the temple. That's a, a, an awesome event. And then, you know, just all the way through to his adulthood, his 18 years. Uh, we're going to look at that today. And it, it sounds like a lot, but it's actually very condensed. So it, it's not that great. Uh, not that, uh, how do I want to say it? Verse-wise, it's not that many verses, okay? So let's look at the visit of the wise men. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and I'll read these to you. It reads now, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now I want you to remember, this is after the angel visited the shepherds, and the shepherds went and personally saw Jesus in the manger because uh, the hotels, or what do they call them? I call them hotels, whatever. They, they were all full, right? They couldn't get the inns. All the inns were full. There were no rooms available. And so in verse 3, it reads, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Now when the when they had heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So, a few things here that I want you to see. Uh, the first being in verse 3, we see that Herod the king heard this, and he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And I believe it was Rick Renner spoke about this. Uh that all Jerusalem was bothered with him because Herod was a cruel ruler. And if he didn't get his way, he took it out on the people. And so the people, they see Herod tensing up and, and, and getting agitated. And of course, they're, they're waiting to experience the retribution of that. And so, uh, yeah, it just was not a good situation. And it, it would be, I don't know, modern day, it would be like 
you see something happen and then immediately you're overly concerned because, well, this is what has brought on so many riots before. Why won't it do it now? So now I'm expecting a riot, and which also speaks to expectation. Don't set your expectations on the wrong thing. Set them on the right thing. So the other thing that I want you to see is that uh, verse 12 supports what I said in verse 3, right? Because the wise men were divinely warned not to return to Herod. And that was because they, God already knew what he was going to do. And so he didn't want the wise men going back and giving away the location of the child, the young child. Now, something that we read in there that I like, and let me pull that page back up, that I wanted you to see. Okay, where was that at? Hang on just a second. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Oh, the goods. The goods. Okay, so Oral Roberts mentions this, all right, in his, his commentary, and I like this so much. So the gifts that they brought to him, they're just amazing. Okay, so he brought, uh, or the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, Oral Roberts, in his, his personal commentary, I've got a, a King James Bible that has his personal commentary in it, and I like it. I enjoy that very much. So he mentions about these gifts that the wise men left, that they weren't typical. Uh, these were not typical gifts that you would give a, a baby that was born. So, But they were appropriate for, for Christ. And, and so... He goes on and he says, Now gold was given to kings to recognize their lordship and authority. And that by giving gold to Jesus, the wise men affirmed that he is king of kings. That's pretty good. The frankincense, right, was used only in worship. And the wise men presented it to Jesus and fell down and worshipped him. Their actions and gifts proclaimed that Jesus is the son of God. And he's worthy of worship. And then myrrh, right? Myrrh was a spice used to embalm and prepare the body for burial. Yet the wise men gave it to a newborn child. This gift foreshadowed Christ's death on the cross. This is what Robert says. And that the myrrh verified that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb of God. Isn't that good? I mean, we don't think about the gifts very often. We know he received gifts, uh, and these were precious gifts. So these had a great amount of value. So he was not poor when he received these gifts from the wise men. Now, let's talk about the flight into Egypt and then the massacre of the innocents. And this is, like I said, it was a horrid event that happened, but this just speaks to how, um, just how terrible Herod was. And, and he was the king at that time. And it, it just, it's horrible. So in Matthew chapter 2, and let's look at verses 13 through 18 first. And again, this is the flight into Egypt. Uh, it reads, Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, 
take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt. And I want you to stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And I want to refer back to John 10.10 10, and let's set up the significance of the destroyer. Okay? Because he says here, seek the young child to destroy him. The destroyer is the devil. That's Satan. In John 10.10 10, it says the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, came to give life, give it more abundantly. So we know the devil is involved in destruction. He is the destroyer. So we go on, and it reads in verse 14, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And you can see Jerusalem cowering because they know what's coming. And he sent forth, and this is terrible, he sent forth and put to death all male children who were born in Bethlehem and in all its districts, uh, from the age of two years and younger. And it was according to the time which was determined from the wise men. Now, then was fulfilled, it goes on to say, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, glory to God, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And, and like I said, just a terrible destruction. Glory to God. It just, you see what the destroyer does? If I can't know for sure that I've got the one, I'll destroy all of them. And, and it's just terrible. So from there, we move on to Egypt. And, and this is good. Well, let me back up just a second because I want you to see this because it'll tie into moving on to Egypt. Joseph was, Joseph's access point for God was his dreams. As we saw when the angel stopped and spoke to Joseph and said, hey, don't leave this woman. You know, she's pregnant, but she's pregnant by uh, the Holy Spirit. She's not been with a man. She's still a virgin. You, I, it's your my plan for you to take her as your wife. Okay? And then we have here, they stay in Bethlehem, and then God tells him, hey, get up from Bethlehem and go into Egypt and through a dream. And here, from Egypt to Nazareth, right? So it continues in, in Matthew 2, verse 19 to 23. It says, But when Herod was dead, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. So see, again, access point for Joseph, his dreams, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. And so Joseph rose, he took the young child, he took Mary, and he came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus reigned in Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So I'm going to guess that Archelaus was even more cruel than Herod. 
Continuing on in verse 22. Nevertheless, being warned by God in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. And he went and he lived in a city called Nazareth that was spoken by the prophets, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. And then we have Luke chapter 2, verse 39, and it simply reads, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. Now, the prophecy that he was talking about, where it says that was spoken by the prophets, might be fulfilled. He, was, he shall be called a Nazarene. So being called a Nazarene was not a good thing. So Isaiah 11.1 1 reads, And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now Jesse was David's father, King David, right? And when we look at this, and I used the, the commentary critical and explanatory on the whole Bible for this part, um, and it reads that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And the best explanation of the origin of this name appears to be that which traces to the word Netzer in Isaiah 11.1, 1, which is small twig, sprout, or sucker, which the prophet there says shall come forth from the stem, or rather the stump of Jesse, the branch which should fructify from his roots. Now, the little town Nazareth mentioned there in the old uh, was mentioned neither in the Old Testament nor in Josephus was probably so called for its insignificance. And it says here, a weak twig in contrast to a stately tree, and a special contempt seemed to rest upon it. So the word Netzer was not a good word. Okay, it was it was an ugly. Um, word used to denote something of, of insignificance, of small stature, you know, irrelevant. And, and uh, out of that comes the, the verbiage, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, over and above the general contempt in which all of Galilee was held, so, from the number of the Gentiles that settled in the upper territories of Galilee and in the estimation of the Jews, they debased it. So, the Jews were biased here. They thought, well, uh, Galilee is so polluted with Gentiles. What good can come out of anything in that area, right? And so, it was providential arrangement by which our Lord was brought up at the insignificant town called Nazareth and there was involved first a local humiliation and next an allusion to Isaiah's prediction of his lowly, twig-like upbringing from the branchless, dried-up stump of Jesse. Doesn't sound very attractive, does it? So you can see how this was such a slam. And yet further, a standing memorial of that humiliation which the prophets, in a number of the most striking predictions, had attached to the Messiah. Well, let's go on to uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 52. And this is, is Jesus through from his childhood through his adulthood, right? And it reads, in verse 40, it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, 
And the grace of God was upon him. And this is so good. So we want this in our kids' lives, right? We want our child or our children to grow and be strong in spirit. We want our children filled with wisdom. We want the grace of God to rest on our children. Okay, And this is significant because this is what it says about Jesus. And Jesus, the child, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Isn't it good? Glory to God. Verse 41, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Now when the days of the feast were complete, as they returned, the child Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know of it, but supposing him to be in their company, they went a day's journey. Then they searched for him among their relatives and acquaintances. So we can relate this to modern day. Uh, your kids are out playing in the neighborhood, and you got a lot of neighbors with kids, and, and they all get along, and so they bounce from house to house. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's dinner time, you're hollering for them, and, well, now you don't know where they are. You can't specifically say which house they're at, <laughs> and so now you got to seek them out. And it's kind of the same situation here, with the exception of what happens. So in verse 45, it goes on, it says, When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. Here's what's significant. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So he wasn't just receiving the answers that they gave, but he must have been answering questions too. That's so significant. So you find him here at 12 years old in the temple, He's sitting with the big dogs, asking the questions, answering the questions, and, and listening and, and learning. And it's so good. Now, verse 48 goes on. When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you dealt with us like this? Why did you make us come look for you? Why, why didn't you come home at dinner time like you're supposed to? And, and she goes on and she says, Look, your father and I have anxiously searched for you. And I love Jesus' answer here. It's so plain, so simple. He said to them, How is it that you searched for me? Why? Why did you search for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Glory to God. But they didn't understand the word which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. But his mother, mother, excuse me, kept all these words in her heart. So she meditated these things. She didn't uh, go around gossiping about them and all of that. She, she, she brought it in, just like she did other instances, and she meditated on it, and she kept it in her heart. And in 52, we see the final word on Jesus here in this point is that in, in Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Okay, not just God, but with God and men. And this is what we want as, as born-again Christians, as new birth believers, right? We want to grow and increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. And, and obviously, if we gain favor with God, we gain favor with men. So, Oral Roberts, let me read this commentary on that last verse. 
verse 51 and 52, it says, The increase of Jesus' life is a remarkable demonstration for you and for me to follow. Not only did he grow in his body, but he grew in wisdom, and he found favor with God and with people. He was busy. He obeyed his parents. He grew. He worked in the carpenter shop. He kept himself busy. As with every Jewish child, he learned a trade. He went to the synagogue schools. He went to the house of God on the Sabbath days. He worshiped the Lord. He became a well-rounded human being. He grew as a whole man in body, mind, and spirit. As a follower of Christ, you should never stop growing. You should never stop learning. You should always be increasing yourself, growing in the Lord, growing in your mind, developing your health, and becoming more of a well-rounded human being every day of your life. Now, that was the Oral Roberts commentary, and it just it reiterates there is an expectancy on us to grow from the milk to the meat, from uh, milk to solid food, okay? And, and we're responsible for that. If, if you're not growing, you can't say to the teacher, hey, I'm, I'm not growing because I'm not willing to listen to you. you. You've got to take that responsibility and come before the Lord expecting to receive. Jesus sat in the temple listening. And when it says he sat there listening, <clears throat> he had an expectation to hear or he wouldn't have been listening. And so we have to come forward with an expectation. So when you're sitting in church on Sunday, if you're listening to a podcast or you're watching a video or you're reading the Word of God, have that expectancy set in your heart that you are going to hear, you're going to see, you're going to receive from the Lord. Come expecting. Okay? If you don't come with expectation, then what you are saying to the Lord is, I'm not expecting, therefore you have no place in me at this time, and I cannot receive from you. Don't be that way with the Lord. Glory to God. Come expecting. Have your heart opened up, ready to receive. Have your eyes ready to see, your ears ready to hear. And be prepared. Whatever that looks like for you. A lot of times for me, I take a notebook and I take something to write with and I'll take notes, especially verses that hit me. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there may be times when I'm listening and, and they may speak one verse, but what comes up in me is another verse because that verse triggered, triggered, excuse me, triggered a revelation and the Lord showed me something somewhere else in the Word of God that I needed at that moment. It's precious, guys. It is the pearl of great price, is the Word of God. It is His truth. Our reality is the Word of God. Don't let it escape you. Come prepared. Come expecting to receive. Be like, so look at the, the ten virgins, okay? And we'll cover this later on because it's part of the parables. The ten virgins, when, when Jesus came knocking, when they went out waiting on the Lord, uh, five of them took extra oil, and five of them just took their lamps. Now, and, and at a point, okay, their expectation was only good. It was limited time. Okay, it's like those limited time only sales, right? That was their expectation. We are going to 
expect Jesus to arrive at this time. And because we expect him to arrive at this time, we're not taking extra oil with us uh, because we know he's going to arrive at this time, period, right? Now, the other, the other five virgins, they said, hey, all we know is Jesus is on his way. We don't know when he's going to arrive. And we are expecting to receive. Therefore, we are going to take the necessary rations, the extra oil, to last in case he is delayed or in case we're wrong when he's coming. They were prepared to receive. They went expecting, okay? And they didn't put a time limit on that, a time limit on that expectation. But they said, God, we expect and we're prepared. And that's us. We need to expect and we need to be prepared. We need to go hungry for the Holy Spirit. We need to go hungry for the Word of God. Uh, Jesus said, ask, it shall be answered. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. Glory to God. Right? And in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, again, they talk about uh, receiving knowledge, receiving understanding, receiving wisdom, uh, receiving revelation. And so we need to be expecting to, to receive these things. Be expectant that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you, that God is going to speak to you, that He has a plan. The Word says, glory to God, man makes plans, God directs their paths. All right? So we need to be receptive to that. We need to be prepared to receive from the Lord. It's a good thing. And uh, guys, I'm going to leave it right there. I want to say happy Independence Day. Uh, tomorrow is the 4th of July. We love you. We hope you have a safe and fun holiday. Enjoy your family. But more than that, enjoy the blessing of the Lord on your life.